The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. And sometimes, whether you like it or not, life will put you in the middle. Middle of the sea. And the middle of the sea is full of creatures that want to devour you. The middle of the sea represents the deepest and the darkest of your life. The middle of the sea is when you are crying, nobody knows you. The middle of the sea represents instability. You get to a season in your life where everything is unstable. You pray, no answer. You cry, no answer. You fast, no answer. You give, no answer. You serve, no answer. You do everything. There's no one there. Middle of the sea. And amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, are you ready for the word tonight? Uh, tonight, I'm going to teach a very short, short teaching that I believe will really bless you in the name of Jesus. Tell with me, please, in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 5 to 6. From verse 5 to 7. Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 5 to 7. Proverbs for information is in the Old Testament. Amen. I read, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm teaching tonight on the message I have titled, Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Amen. As Christians, when we walk with the Lord, sometimes our walk is tested. Because our walk with the Lord is a relationship. And every relationship with time goes through some form of challenges. In most cases, the relationship has a high point and sometimes it has a low point. When we believe God for something and he does it, our relationship at that point is on a high point. But when we ask God for something and he doesn't do it, our relationship at that point is at a low point. And so, our work with God goes through different phases. Sometimes when you cry unto the Lord to do something for you, he does it immediately. That's when you profess your love for him. And it's normal. Especially for, for our wives, the husbands. The, the time our wives express their love more and more for us is when we buy them gifts. Amen? When we buy them gifts, that's when they say, oh, you are the best husband. But the moment you forget to buy her a gift one day, 
She will say, you'll never buy me anything. And yet, just yesterday, you bought her a brand new C-class Mercedes Benz. But tomorrow, she'll say, you'll never buy me anything. And so, every form of relationship goes through some form of test. And the test the relationship goes through determines the trust in the relationship. The test the relationship goes through determines the trust in the relationship. That's why you can't trust someone overnight. It takes time to trust. Trust doesn't just happen in one day. It takes time. And so tonight we are going to look at where your trust is in terms of the things of the Lord. Where your trust is. Whether you still trust him or you don't. So the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5, it says trust in the Lord with all your heart, not with some of your heart, but with how many of your heart? With all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not with 50% of your heart. Now, isn't it interesting? God is not asking for your money. Did you notice that? He didn't say trust him with your money. Or he didn't say trust him with your your car or trust him with your material things. He says, trust the Lord with all of your heart. That means God doesn't want anything else in your heart apart from him. He says, trust the Lord with all your heart. That means God wants 100% of your heart, not 99.9%. I know some people go into relationships and they say, I cannot give the man all my heart because you can't trust men. Some men go into relationship and say, I cannot give the woman all my heart because you can't trust women. Why are they saying that? They are saying that based on their past experiences or their past tests. So God says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And look at how to be able to trust in the Lord with all your heart. He said, and lean not on your own understanding. You see, you can't trust in the Lord with all your heart if you lean on your own understanding. Why? Because your own understanding will fail you. So he says, trust in the Lord with all all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Verse 6, it says, but in all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways, not some of your ways. In all your ways acknowledge him. The word acknowledge him there means to reverence him. To sense his presence. To know that he is with you. How many of you um, your children when they come back from school and you're in the house and they come in and they don't say anything or you live with someone and they go to work and you come, they, you are home and then they get home and they don't say hi, hello, good evening, good afternoon, how was work? That's disrespect, isn't it? So God is saying, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Amen. To acknowledge him means to recognize his presence. Because if you don't recognize his presence, his presence will not benefit you. Did you get that? 
So he said, in all your ways, not some of your ways. In all your ways means even in your relationships, acknowledge him. In your work, acknowledge him. In your family, acknowledge him. Where to move to, acknowledge him. You know the story between Abraham and Lot. There was contention between Abraham and Lot. And Lot decided to take the best part of the land. And he left what is supposedly the worst part of the land for Abraham. He chose the best part. He chose the best part without acknowledging God. And you know what happened? The best part that he thought he's chosen was Sodom and Gomorrah. Every time you choose without acknowledging God, whatever you have chosen will come with problems. Will come with toiling. Will come with problems. But look, look at in, in, in Abraham's case, the Bible says that God said to Abraham, lift up your eyes now from where you are. Look eastward, westward, southward. For all the land that you see, I will give it to you. What was the difference between Lot and Abraham? Abraham acknowledged the presence of God. Lot did not acknowledge the presence of God in his choices. Many of us make choices in life without acknowledging God. But God is saying, in all your ways, not some of your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge me. He says, when you acknowledge him in all your ways, look at what he says he will do. He said, he will direct your paths. Notice, not just one path, but many paths. The only way he's going to direct you on the right path is when you acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge. There's been times, I mean, I'm somewhere, I'm looking for parking, and I just say, thank you, Holy Spirit. You might say something as little as parking. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And then as I acknowledge him, someone just pulls out and then I get parking. And people who came to the car park before me are still roaming around looking for parking. Do you see the difference? Why do you want to make your life complicated when the Holy Spirit has been sent to be your helper? Sometimes when we're in the car, my wife will be carrying her bag on her lap. I said, sweetheart, why don't you put the, let the car carry the bag for you. I said, the car is here to help you. Just, I mean, free your hands, free your lap, free everything. Let the car, there's a space in the car to carry your bag. And in most cases, that's what we do. We are carrying the load that the Holy Spirit is there to help us carry. You see, relying on your own understanding is trying to carry something that the Holy Spirit has been giving to you to help you carry. And the only way he's going to help you carry it is when you acknowledge him. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. He shall direct your paths. There's someone who is at the crossroads of life. You are about to take or make a decision, a major decision. You're not sure whether to turn left or to turn right, to take this job or to take that job, to go into this relationship or not to go into it. 
As you acknowledge him, he'll direct your paths. I say he'll direct your path. And can I say this? There are no coincidences in God. There are no coincidences in God. Verse 7, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. (laughs) Do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. In other words, don't think you know better than God. You know, sometimes we think we know better than God. Isn't it interesting the testimony we heard tonight from our brother? You know, he's had this pain in the neck for The doctors couldn't help. Nothing could help. He came to church. He had one instruction. Simple instruction. Take your expectation card. If you don't have one, ask the ushers for one. And what did he do? He obeyed that instruction, took the expectation card, wrote on it, healing for my neck. Within three days, Gone forever. Healing. Supernatural healing. You you might say, oh, but it's just a piece of paper. I I really don't have to write on it. It's just a piece of paper. The instructions you follow determines what follows you. Write that down. The instructions you follow determines what follows you. So he says, do not be wise in your own eyes. In other words, you and I don't know better than God. God knows better than us. I mean, we've all gone through that before. When we were young, we thought we knew better than our fathers. Isn't it? How many of you thought you knew better than your father? (laughs) And the same is applying to us now. Now our children think they know better than us. Yeah. But it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. That word wise there is not the wisdom of God. Excuse my language, is the foolish men, foolishness of men. It says, fear the Lord and depart from evil. So it's time for us to put our trust back in the Lord. It's time for us to trust him again. It's time to go back to your first love where you used to trust God for everything. You used to trust God for milk. You used to trust God for 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 a little rice. Yeah, I, yeah I, now I know you have all the money in the world, you say, but why should I trust? You see, we have to go back to the first love by trusting God one more time. You are in that calamity because you have removed your trust from God and put your trust in man. The Bible is clear. He said, woe is any man who put their trust in men. Woe is a light word. God actually says, cursed is any man who put their trust in men. Because men will fail you. You can't even put your trust in the systems of this world. Because they will fail you. I mean, look, look, look at what's going on around us. You can't put your trust in the systems of the world. Companies that have been there for nearly 200 years and then one day collapse. You can't put your trust. I I saw people crying and weeping. I feel for them. They don't know where. If you put, can I say this? You can't be a Christian and put your trust 
in the arm of flesh. Because that arm of flesh will fail you. I told you that there's a shaking coming. God says, I'll shake the heavens and I'll shake the earth. Look at what is going on in our parliament. Look at what is going on in this country. Look at what is going on in the U.S. That should show you a sign of what is to come. If you put your trust in your profession, it's just a matter of time. It will fail you. My trust is not in any man, but in God. You put your trust in that house, tomorrow it will be taken away from you. You put your trust in that car, tomorrow it will not be there. You put your trust in that money, I have seen people who had money, so much money. I had one brother, one of my brothers that passed away. He got to a point where he came into wealth, so much wealth, that the guy didn't know what to do with money. He was using taxis, traveling from one country to another in a taxi. In a taxi. Just one trip could buy him a car, a brand new car. One trip in a taxi could buy him a brand new car and he will have his own driver. He has so much money, but it was just a matter of time. He put his trust in the money. It didn't last one year. Gone like that. You can't put your trust in men. You can't put your trust in, even in your job. Because you see that company is big like that. You don't know what's cooking under. You don't know the sleepless nights the CEOs are having. Do you think companies just get up and they collapse? No. It's been happening for years. So, you see, If you have a job, thank God. But you see, your trust must not be in that job. That's why when I see people who are pride and arrogant, I just laugh at them. Because the Bible says that what is man? Man is just like a vapor that appears for a while and vanishes away. How many of you cook here? When, you, when you, you are cooking in your pot, there's a lid on the pot, and you take the lid, the vapor comes up for a second. You see it a few seconds, and it's gone. Have you not heard someone that you know, you spoke to yesterday, and then you call the person the next time, it's no longer there, gone. Remember last week we were looking at what? The parable of a certain rich man. He said, I soul rejoice. <laughs> he said, my soul. He said, soul, you are rich soul. And God said, you fool. This soul that you are boasting in is not yours. It's not yours. Tomorrow I can decide to just take it back. And where will all those monies be? So there's a shaking coming. There's a shaking coming. You can't put your trust in politicians. Amen. Amen. Even as your pastor, I don't want you to put your trust in me because I'm a man just like you. Your trust, I'm not teaching you to put your trust in me. I'm teaching you to put your trust in God. We are not here to point you to man. We're here to point you to Jesus. Because you'll be somewhere where I cannot be there. But wherever you are, Jesus is there. Hallelujah. 
So it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. Not with some of your heart, but with all your heart. Let's quickly look at the case studies. And then we'll look at um, a few integrity tests of trust in the Lord. And then we'll close. Amen. We want to look at the case studies of how we can remove our trust from issues and things that are happening around us to put in God. Amen? Amen. So Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 from verse 45 to 53. Now the background of this scripture has to do with Jesus feeding the 5,000. How many of you remember that? After he's fed the 5,000, he, he told his disciples to gather the breadcrumbs. They gathered the leftover because God hates waste. They gathered all the leftovers. And then the next thing, the Bible says, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go to the other side. I want you to focus on this word. This is very important. Jesus said, we are going to the other side. That is the word of the Lord. Let's go to the other side. And we have to get to the point where we put our trust in the word of God. You see, like I said, every relationship goes through up and down. When you are going through the down moments, you have to be able to hold on to what you had in your up moments. So for instance, when you are going through darkness, that's where you have to remember the light of the word. Do you get it? Because you need that light to be able to help you go through, transition through the dark moments. So like David, the Bible says that when the people wanted to stone David, the Bible says that and David encouraged himself in the Lord. So there are times nobody will be there to encourage you. You have to encourage yourself. Do you get it? I have to learn to encourage myself. Today I was at a, a filling station and I saw a petrol tanker that dispenses petrol to filling stations, also putting petrol into his car, truck. So, don't think that you will not need encouragement. The petrol tanker that distributes the petrol also needs petrol. Are, are you getting me? It also needs petrol. It also has to run on petrol. After he's giving you petrol, it also have to fill itself with petrol or else it will be stuck. Yeah. Yeah. So there will be moments where you have no one to encourage you, but you have to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Yeah. When everyone has deserted you, yeah. you encourage yourself. Mm. You have to hold on to what God told you. We don't look on what we see with our physical eyes because by, we walk by faith and not by sight. Are you following me? So Jesus told his disciples, let's go to the other side. I want you to hold on to that. So in Mark chapter 6 verse 45, the Bible says that immediately he made his disciples to get into the boat and to go before him to the other side. To Bethsaida, while he sent the multitudes away. I love this. Jesus, at this point, is demonstrating what I call servant leadership. He has, they have fed 5,000. He's told his disciples, let's go to the other side. He puts them in the boat. He says, you go ahead. He stays behind to take care of the crowd. The 5,000 plus that were left. He stood back to make sure 
the rest of the multitudes are taken care of. Can I say this? Christianity is about service. That's what Christianity is about. The moment you get to the point where you think, I'm too big to serve God, then you're too small for God to bless you. So Jesus stayed behind to take care of the multitudes. But notice what he told his disciples. We are going where? To the other side. Where are we going? That's the word we have to hold on to. Because whether you like it or not, from where you start from and to the other side, there is a process you have to go through. And there are challenges between your starting point and the other side. But what do you do when the challenges come? How do you deal with them? Let's look at how they dealt with them. You see, how you deal with the challenges determines where your trust is. Have you heard people pray, Oh, God, you don't love me anymore. God, where are you? God, oh, you used to do. They don't have trust. Their trust definitely is not in God. If you are believing God for a child, like Abraham, and you go to the arm of flesh for a child, then your trust is not in the Lord. You've lost your trust. Verse 46, the Bible says that, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. I love that. Look at what Jesus did. He has sent the multitudes away but he departed where? To the mountain to pray. Do you know what I call this? This is not an ordinary prayer. This is a sacrificial prayer. He is investing sacrificial prayer into his future. Because the mountain represents sacrifice. Climbing a mountain is sacrificial. It takes a toll on you. So he invested in sacrificial prayer into his future. Verse 47, the Bible says, that, Now when evening came, somebody say, when evening came. When evening came. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, your evening will come. <laughs> you don't say amen to your evening because whether you like it or not your evening will come the Bible says that weeping may endure for a night so your evening will come the evening represents your season of darkness the evening represents your season of loneliness. He said, now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea. Where was the boat? In the middle. Where did Jesus say we should go? But look at where the boat is. Jesus said, let's go to. Where is the boat? And sometimes, whether you like it or not, life will put you in the middle. Middle of the sea. And the middle of the sea is full of creatures that want to devour you. The middle of the sea represents the deepest and the darkest of your life. The middle of the sea is when you are crying. Nobody knows you. The middle of the sea represents instability. 
You get to a season in your life where everything is unstable. You pray, no answer. You cry, no answer. You fast, no answer. You give, no answer. You serve, no answer. You do everything. There's no one there. Middle of the sea. God says, let's go to the other side. But your boat decides to park in the middle. I've seen, I've seen people get married. They get married. We had recently a police officer just got married. I think within six weeks or so. And he was murdered. That's middle of the sea. Left a brand new wife. He's just married. That's middle of the sea. The middle of the sea comes with the unexpected. It comes with the unexpected. That's where you see things you did not pray for. <laughs> Hallelujah. And look, the Bible says that and he was alone on the land. Now, Jesus, you said, let's go to the other side. You have left us in the middle of the sea. And you're on the land. You're on dry land. <laughs> I remember there was a time we, we traveled to France. And we, we used the ferry. And when we were coming back, there was storm. Raging storm. The, 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 what is it again? Is it a ship? What is it? The ferry, ferry, yeah. That huge thing was tossing and turning. Everybody was going like that. Some people were sliding. Things were falling. My wife was saying, I feel sick. I said, don't feel sick. I'm here, baby. So far as I'm here, Jesus is here. You see, you go through those turmoils, those, those difficult moments, but you have to always remember who said, let's go to the other side. Sometimes you might not physically sense his presence. Have you gotten to a time in your life before where you've prayed and you feel your prayers hitting the ceiling? Yeah? <laughs> you cry, you cry, you cry, nothing happens. And you wonder, what's going on? God, where are you? You say, let's go to the other side. You've left us in the middle of the sea. And you are alone on the land. That's if you don't trust God there. If you are not careful. You lose your faith. You might lose your faith. And many people lose their faith here. Verse 48. The Bible says. Then he saw them. Straining. At rowing. For the wind was against them. Wow. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. So Jesus was on the land and the Bible says that and he saw them straining and rowing for the wind was against them. Whatever is against you does not mean God has not called you. Sometimes the devil's deception is that because everything is against you, people are against you, things are against you, so God is not with you. That's not true. That's not true. And there are seasons of your life where 
Everything will be against you. Whether you like it or not. Letters coming through your door against you. At work, colleagues against you. Banks against you. Family against you. Husband against you. Wife against you. Children against you. And sometimes, even at that point, your pastor can be against you. Maybe that's your last hope. The church can be against you. What do you do when you get to that stage? The Bible says that the wind was against them. I don't know what's against you. But today is its last day. I don't know what has been against you. I said tonight is its last night. We give that each thing an expiring date tonight. In the name of Jesus. Look, the Bible says that Jesus came walking on the sea and he would have passed them by. That means Jesus nearly left them in the middle of their challenges. Sometimes God would deliberately leave you in that situation to test your faith. I've seen many people in this church going through stuff and sometimes my natural nature is to help them. But God would say, no, this is my case. I am testing their faith. Because if I help that person, I've become an amber flesh. One of the key things I've learned not to do is to jump in to help church members when God is dealing with them. And the moment you do that, they take their eyes from God and put it on you. But you are not God. We have to teach church members to focus on Jesus. Verse 49, the Bible says that, and when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. Remember, this is the middle of the sea. (laughs) It was a ghost. Sometimes the person that God sends to come and help you might look like a ghost. (laughs) Sometimes it comes in a ghost form. (laughs) To scare you. (laughs) And, And let me say this. Anything that scares you most of the time, God wants to use it for your breakthrough. If you're about to venture into a project and you're scared, God wants to use that project to shoot you into realms of unlimited breakthroughs. The Bible says that they cried out, verse 50, for they all saw him and were troubled, but immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Let me say this. The moment you allow fear, your trust in God will dissipate. The moment you allow fear, fear takes away your trust in God. That's why you must not allow fear. One of the key things you have to deal with as a Christian is fear, the spirit of fear. Because fear comes to cripple your faith. Fear comes to cripple your trust in God. So Jesus said to them immediately, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Hallelujah. Verse 51, the Bible says that, then he went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased. I love that. That wind that is blowing against you, it will stop. I said it will cease. 
in the name of Jesus. Any wind that has a starting point has a season point. The wind of trouble, that wind ceases today. The wind of depression, that wind ceases today. The wind of frustration, that wind ceases today. In the name of Jesus. But look at how the wind ceased. The wind ceased only when Jesus stepped in their boat. Who is in your boat? Who have you allowed in your boat? Sometimes the wind that is blowing against you is as a result of the person you have allowed in your boat. Sometimes Jonah is in your boat. (laughs) You have allowed Jonah. Jonah is in your boat. That's why you are going through all those challenges. But I pray that God will give you grace in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. That will be your story. People will marvel at you. They'll look at you and say, how did you go through this? They'll look at you and say, I thought this storm was going to destroy you. But you actually came out better. The storm that you have been going through will give you a testimony. I said it will give you a testimony. Anything that has been sent by the devil, any wind of shame that the devil has sent to your address to put shame on you, to put shame on your family by the reason of the anointing upon this house, the grace in this house, I command that shame to leave you now. Say a better amen. Amen. Verse 52, the Bible says that, for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. Verse 53, the Bible says, when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. Where did Jesus say they should go? Where did Jesus say they should go? Did they get to the other side? It doesn't matter the storm. It doesn't matter the wind. It doesn't matter the middle of the sea. You'll get to the other side. I said you'll get to the other side. I said you'll get to the other side. Jesus said let's get to the other side. The Bible says that and when they had crossed over. The good thing about getting to the other side is when you get to the other side, you don't remember all the wind and the storm and the middle of the sea and the ghost and all the frustration. You don't remember all of them. Like Joseph. Joseph had two sons. The first one was called Ephraim. He said, for God has caused me to forget all my pain. The second born is called Manasseh. It said, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. I think it's the other way around. Manasseh is the first one, right? And Ephraim is the second. So Ephraim, Manasseh means God has caused me to forget all my past, all my pain. God will put honey on your lips. Amen. You'll forget the bitterness in the name of Jesus. You will get to the other side. 
whether the devil likes it or not, we will get to the other side. Because our trust is not in man. Our trust is not in the system. Our trust is not in this country. Our trust is not in the politicians. Our trust is in the Lord. Finally, a quick integrity test of trust in the Lord. Number one, is he reliable? First question, is he reliable? Is God reliable? That's a question you have to ask and that's a question you have to answer. Is God reliable? Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 12, it says, for our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Shift your eyes from the systems and move it into God. Number two, is he on time? Is he on time? Yes. He's an on-time God. He's an on-time God. Lazarus was dead for four days. Her sisters cried, oh, Jesus is dead. They said, Jesus, if you had come earlier, our brother would not have died. Jesus came after four days. He said, take me to where you've buried him. They took Jesus there. To his tomb, he said, Lazarus, come out. Did Lazarus live or not? You might think he's delayed, but he's an on-time God. He's always on time. There's a country where everywhere you go on their buses, they write, I forgot him what else. God, God is always on time. No, God's time is the best. God's time is what? It's the best. Not your time, not my time. God's time is the best. So he's always on time. Number three question you want to ask is, is he a liar? Is God a liar? No. Numbers 23 verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? So God is not a liar. The Bible says he calls those things which be not as though they were. So, in his nature, he cannot lie. God says there was darkness. God says light. And light appeared out of darkness. If there's a dog here right now, God will say lion. He said God is lying. No. Lion will come out of the dog. Jesus saw water. He said wine. Did it become wine? Yeah. So he cannot lie. Whatever he calls, becomes. So he said you are healed. You might feel sick right now. But he says you are healed. You might still be feeling the pain. You see, you are healed. You might be feeling some symptoms of pain. But the truth of the matter is, you are healed. The last one. The fourth one, does he have what it takes? (laughs) Does he have what it takes? He says, the cattle upon a thousand hill are mine. He said, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. He said, if I am hungry, I will not ask you. (laughs) Does he have what it takes? What you are trusting God for, does he have what it takes? Does he have what it takes to do it? Adam was made by God. 
God made all other animals, male and female, male and female. And then he looks at the man, Adam, he said, it's not good for him to be alone. Puts Adam to sleep, took a rib out of him, woke him up, the rib became a woman. Adam woke up and said, wow, what is this? She shall be called woman. Does God have what it takes? Yes. Yeah. So whatever you are believing him for, the question is, does he have what it takes? If he has what it takes, then that means you can trust him. So, the time has come for us to move our trust from the systems of this world and put our trust in God. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it tonight? In our seated position, why don't you just talk to God? Talk to the Lord. Wherever your trust has faded, wherever your trust has weakened, talk to him. Ask the Lord to help you strengthen your trust in him. There's a song that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. You have done it your own way for too long. It's time to put your trust in the Lord. A Christian walk is not supposed to be walked or lived by our own understanding. He said, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. It's time to acknowledge him. Hallelujah. Trust him for that house. Trust him for that marriage. Trust him for that settlement. Trust him for that promotion. Trust him for that contract. Trust him for that baby. There is nothing he cannot do. Trust him for that scholarship. There is nothing he cannot do. Trust him for that open open, open door. There is nothing he cannot do. Trust him for peace in your marriage. There is nothing he cannot do. Trust him for the future of your children. There is nothing he cannot do. Trust him for that healing. There is nothing he cannot do. Trust him. It's time to trust the Lord with all our hearts. With all our hearts. It's time to trust him with all our hearts. With all our hearts. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring your sons and your daughters before you. Holy Spirit, I pray that in their difficult moments, you bring to their remembrance this word. To trust you through the wind, through the storm, through the middle of the sea, Help them, Lord. Help them. Be their guide. Order their steps. Holy Spirit, help us to acknowledge you every step of the way. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm supposed to close now, but I just felt... If you're here, you need prayer, you want me to pray with you, there's anything you're going through, just come forward. We're supposed to close now. I, I hardly don't do this, but I don't know why. 
Why? The Holy Spirit is asking me. You need prayer in anything, just come forward. I want to pray with you just quickly and we'll close. Just come forward. One minute and we'll close. Come with faith in your heart. I don't know why, but as I finished praying, the Holy Spirit said, there are some people that needs to be prayed for. I really don't do this, but I have to obey the Holy Spirit. Please come, stand this way. Stand this way. Thank you, Lord. Glory fill this place. Just want to be with you. Just want to be with you. on you and as I lay my hands on you, faith is released upon you and I want you to know that it is done. Amen. Amen. I said I want you to know that it is done in the name of Jesus. Father we thank you it's done. 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 Father, we thank you, it's done. Our trust is in you. We thank you, it is done. 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 Father, we thank you. Once I lay hands on you, please go back. Father, we thank you, it is done. We give you praise. We give you praise. It is done. Just thank God. Just thank God. Just thank God. Father, we thank you. 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 In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Please hear me. Hear me. I'm not a prophet of doom, but there are difficult storms ahead. Not only in this economy, but it's a global phenomenon. There's a shaking going to happen, a strong shaking. We haven't seen anything yet. What I sense God is going to do is he's going to shake, shake off, shake off some things, especially in, in nations that have been very proud and arrogant. There's going to be a strong shaking. But we need to put our trust in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Our trust must be in the Lord. Amen. And as we do that, God will bless us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I was going to come and teach a different message. The Holy Spirit said I should teach on this. And 
as, as, as a confirmation, we were coming, I asked my wife to put on um, UCB2. And then the moment she turns the radio on, the song that was on was about trusting the Lord. Amen. I told her, listen to this song. I'll tell you after service. And it's not a coincidence that the altar call people that came out. So this is a very important message. I want you to take it. Don't just hear it tonight. Go to the church YouTube page, Solution Chapel International. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Listen to it. Go to the podcast. Listen to it over and over again. And get it inside of you. Remember, Jesus had to invest prayer for what was about to come. So invest time in trusting God. Amen. Well, this Sunday is our special Thanksgiving service. And it's our last Sunday for the month of the great invitation. May I please ask that you invite someone to church this Sunday. Remember, we are all supposed to invite how many people? Five. So this week, invite your five. And this Sunday, God will bless us and we'll be finishing our series on walking in obedience and you'll greatly be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you getting blessed? Are you getting blessed? We thank God for your lives in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.